Hey guys, how's it going? My name's David Bertelsall and welcome to another episode of the Coaching Confidence Podcast. Tonight, I am joined by a very wonderful human, but before I introduce them, my tonight's guest, um, as always, the questions that form this podcast are brought to you guys through you. You are the people that find um, amazing questions to challenge me with every single week. And if you want to have your questions read out and used on the podcast, there's a very simple way to do it. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram at david.bertwistle and slide hard into the DMs at any point leading up to when the podcast is recorded, usually on a Wednesday or a Thursday in the evening in the UK. So at any point in the week leading up to that, you can get your questions into my DMs and I'll have a little look through. If they're good, they might be ending up on the podcast next week. Um, So... Let's jump in straight away. I'm going to introduce this week's guest. I am very, very excited to have him on. Um, we have Ben Bidwell, aka the Naked Professor. And this gentleman is, uh, he was probably one of the first guys that I witnessed kind of changing what it is to be a man, what masculinity is in today's society. He's very much been. Um, a, a guiding light through my journey personally and someone that's doing great things. So um, you can definitely find him on Instagram. His tag will be roughly there or over here. And um, you can find him on Instagram and look up. Everything he's doing is honestly amazing. Ben, thank you so much for coming on, mate. How are you doing? Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for all those words. I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling flattered. And I keep reading comments saying, take your tops off. <laughs> mostly mostly from Will McLaren it has to be said but. <laughs> he's terrible isn't he well he is terrible for you guys that might not know why Ben is called the naked professor Ben why are you called the naked professor well I guess uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a play on words I metaphorically try and bear my soul I try and remove the mask I say strip the mask of masculinity um and so, yeah, at the, the beginning, I, I used this, this imagery that represented that, that, that kind of, here was this guy who was completely naked, who was in these iconic locations, and um, to kind of reel people into my message, to represent what I was talking about, is this very stripped back, naked, raw, vulnerable message. And uh, with Instagram being such a sort of visionary platform, I, uh, I represented it with that imagery, but I'm not, I'm not doing that as much now. I'm no. keeping my clothes on a bit more, but I'm still trying to be naked in my messages. Yeah, so when you first uh, started this journey of what it seems like trying to change the perception of masculinity in the modern world, um, the technique that you used was, it worked fantastically well, I must admit. You chose to take your clothes off and get completely naked, bare your bottom for all of the world to see in very iconic places. I believe that, where would you say was the most tricky place that you take on one of them pictures? Do you know, it's probably Millennium Bridge. Um, do you know Millennium Bridge going to St. Paul's? Yeah. Just because it's so exposed, it's so open, and like it's such a long distance. So you think it's clear, and then from the distance, someone just suddenly pops up and walking towards you, and then they've got the whole walk all the way across, you know, that you've got to wait and you can't, you know, so to get that whole bridge completely still. Uh, and there's always like wedding photographers there, or, like people are getting like 5 a.m. with sunrise, there's wedding photographers. And um, so, yeah, that was just, and we, do you know what, the amount of times we gave up, 
and then we just were like oh, let's just hang on a minute is there a little oh hold on it might happen quickly let's let's go for it and we just grabbed like to see this tiny little opportunity how um, long did it take you to get the shot some of them like like millennium bridge would take i mean we'd be there at like half five in the morning and we'd hang around for a bit and there'd be runners or whatever so we'd sort of go around and try like a little quieter bit and then we'd come back and have a look at it and then i think on one of those ones we got it like on our way out uh, like just there was just a split moment when we were just like off like hang on a minute it's, it's completely quiet but we could be like around locations for a couple of hours easily yeah i can and imagine like, what am i doing is this really is this what my life's come to waiting to get naked on this bridge <laughs> you just like getting naked don't you mate <laughs> well hey i managed to entice you as well you know you're in, you're yeah. in this with me now yeah i have i have fared all on my instagram <laughs> if you guys scroll hard enough back through the feed you'll sure find my will. bare bottom it's worth the scroll i can assure you <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my like most engaged with posts so it clearly works yeah you know, it's it's a bit of a game isn't it and um I, like, I, sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, it's a game, and I, and I'm, I'm sad. I played the game, and then I'm like, do you know what? Like, it is a game. You've got you've got to capture people's attention. You've got to draw people in. It's, if I had written exactly the same things and just posted kind of you know very normal pictures, then the engagement wouldn't have been there. And, and um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah. Does it kind of upset you a little bit that you kind of have to? <sighs> do something that you know is like a bit cheeky or it's a bit different and does it kind of upset you a little bit that we are so drawn to the naked body that that's almost the extent you have to go to to get someone's attention it does it does at times especially now when i pour my heart and soul into a post that's really i you know i feel is is a valuable one and i and i post a picture of you know me on on the location or whatever it is but it's it's just a fairly normal image and people don't see it or, or, or get or ever get the opportunity to engage with it because the algorithm determines that it's never put in front of them. And you're just a bit like, and, I, and my worry with it is that, you know, for teenagers growing up, it just must be looking at Instagram thinking, you know, girls just to stand around in their underwear and guys should just stand there with their tops off. And um, for some people, you know, that's it's, Instagram is, is, a, is, a, is a marketing generation opportunity. And they're just trying to play with the algorithm, and I just wonder what Instagram is doing to the to the to the teenagers growing up as a result. Because we're a bit more conscientious, so we're able to talk about it and understand it, and it's a game. But teenagers growing up thinking it's just normal to stand there in your underwear all the time, posting pictures of yourself all over the place. Mm. And I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel. Kind of teenagers that happening. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's really tricky. Like there's, I remember when I first started getting into um, social media and. I felt so strange taking my top off. I felt so strange putting that up there. Like, I was late to the game. There was guys years and years ahead of me doing it. And I always felt like that's far too showy-offy. That's far too, like, ostentatious. And so I still don't feel completely comfortable when I do it, if I'm completely honest. Like, being in a public place and taking your shirt off when you're not at the beach or by the swimming pool, I'm like... This is in, this is somewhat a little bit weird, um, but for lots of people now, they're conditioned to it. We are effectively a product of our environment, and if our environment is social media, where there is just naked bodies everywhere, and you and I contribute to that, and there's people thinking that that's normal, and, and girls, like I see young 
like you know obviously 18 plus young enough girls on instagram and i'm like your perception of what matters to you and what's important to you is <clears throat> so far removed from what's actually going to make you happy in life because this is the world that we are currently living in and like i battle with it as much as you battle with it and it's it is so frustrating because i'll put out a post just like you where it's like i and actually, it's my most recent post. If anyone watches this right now, go to my most recent post. And I talked about how I got bullied at school, how I was alienated from groups of friends, how people would run away from me, how I got beat up. I had a milkshake poured over my head when I was a teenager. Like I literally bared all of these details about things that were really hyper-personal and that were uh, kind of like a basically to show how I felt like I couldn't say anything. I didn't, my mum didn't even know half these things. She texts me today. She texts me being like, oh my God, when did that happen? Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, well, cause I'm a man and a man just deals with these things by themselves. You don't tell people, you just get on with it. And that was the point of my post, but nobody saw it. No one saw it because nobody engaged with it. Cause it's just a regular picture of me as I've not got my shirt off yet. The picture before that, got quadruple the views, quadruple, four times as many people saw it. And it like, it is infuriating to a degree, <laughs> but like you said, you have to play the game in order to get the interaction. Mm. Yeah, um, it's really disappointing, isn't it? That's what bothers me. I try now to just be like, hey, this is my message and this is what I'm representing. And, you know, if people see it and, it engage, and the engagement is there, then, you know, so be it. But if it's not, you know, I, I'm just representing myself and to try and, try and try and do that and just follow that guy. But it's hard and it's a shame. You know, some people never see the, the stuff that you're posting as a result. No. Um, <clears throat> I, know, I think mate. it's wrong. But In the end, though, yeah. in the end, the right things will come because yeah. the message is good and it's positive and that's, that's what we're looking for. So, totally. and that, that kind of quite nicely draws me on to like, like I mentioned in the intro, you're one of the first guys which I came across that was talking about masculinity, that was challenging the stereotype, that was openly admitting to their insecurities and their vulnerabilities. Like, what was it for you that caused you to start doing that? Uh, that's a really good question, actually, because I did not do it in the slightest for 30 years. And um, I had no intention of ever doing it. And then I went on like some sort of, I mean, they're called retreats, but really they were just ex like learning about how my mind worked and how, my, how, how, I, how I felt, why I did and what happened and all just learning about psychology, human behavior. And then during those experiences, you're invited to share. And uh, what would happen in those, those first few is I'd walk into these places and I'd look around sort of feeling a bit freaky for being there. So thinking, am I definitely in the right place? I could be at home sort of or going out with the lads getting drunk. It's definitely what I want to be doing. And all these people look a bit weird and sort of definitely judging them all. And then one by one, they would stand at the front and, and share from their heart and explain that this happened and that happened and, and in their life or they're, you know, they're put on the spot by the person coaching them who dragged drag some of this information out of them. And uh, as they share it, I would start to see them in an entirely different light. And I would start to think, wow, like actually, you know, I totally judged you for how you looked before. And I thought you're not my cup of tea. But actually now I'm hearing your truth from your heart i'm seeing you in an entirely different light to, to how i perceived you before or judged you before and actually i really quite like 
who you are, like underneath the appearance and everything else, you've got a beautiful heart. And I really love seeing that. And then I, so then I was like, well, I want to, I want a bit of this. Like I, I want to, so I'm going to start trying to, this is out of my comfort zone. I'm going to stand in front of people and I'm going to let them see me. Cause if I'm seeing them like that, I want them to be able to see me like this. And then I'd start doing it. And then some of these experiences that I have, I'd like meet people over a weekend and think, Jesus Christ, like I know you better. Or I feel like I, I see more of you than I do my best mates who I spent 30 years getting drunk with, you know, or 15 years getting drunk with, whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, um, I hope you weren't drinking yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's reframe that. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know? And, um, and I was like, okay, I've never experienced that, ever. And started to understand that that was what connection is about. It's when you let people really see you and you, and you, you don't hold yourself back from who you truly are for fear of judgment you actually go hey people this is me and like i may look like this or da 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 but actually this is the reality is i actually feel quite nervous about this stuff or i'm actually sort of i've always struggled with this and, and that's been a challenge for me and not asking for people's sympathy and not trying to sort of get myself defined by it and sort of trying to be heavy on everyone else but just sharing my truth and just saying hey this is this is me and this is my experience and i don't need your sympathy and i'm not asking for it i'm okay with it but I'm just letting you see a bit, a slightly deeper part of me, a, a bit more. And um, I got, it became a drug for me. You know, connection became a beautiful thing from not experiencing any connection, including girlfriends in my 20s who were lovely people, but I never got beneath the surface with them. To actually suddenly seeing people I'd just met for the first time over a weekend and going, wow, you're, you're, you're a beautiful person. I, I've never seen someone like that before. I was like, this is what life is about. You know, this is what I want. Screw the getting drunk and every weekend just for the quick fixes. I want this deeper stuff. Um, or actually, I want I want a balance. If I'm perfectly honest, occasionally I still love going out and having a party. But as long as there's connection outside of that, so yeah, it came about just through personal experience and seeing the value of it. I'm yeah. honest and um, being real. Did you, you know? how did you feel when you first started? sharing your truth and opening up to other people because i i know that it, it's scary it takes uh, uh you have to get over that initial intimidation and insecurity around the things that you're telling people and fear of judgment so like how did you how did you feel and how did you get over that uh when i released any shame or blame on myself so for a long time like it, i um i struggled with with a lack of confidence or low self-esteem really um, in my in my teens and my 20s and I covered that up by ticking all the boxes and trying to present a really like fucking awesome version of myself sorry as you weren't but that was kind of how I perceived it I was like I need to be awesome and um, so I covered it all up and, and ticked all the boxes so people were impressed but once I started digging into myself and learning about how I was or who I was and why I was how I was and I started learning that or seeing my childhood and seeing that I was the youngest of three boys and that you know, as I grew up, my, my memory of childhood was that my voice didn't matter when I sat at the dinner table and my two older brothers were doing bigger and better and more interesting things. And whatever I said, it was kind of like, mm, you know, well done, Ben, that's great. But I weren't really bothered because my brothers were more interesting. They were six and eight years older. So, you know, and when I started to think, oh, that's how I was growing up and that's what I was taking on board. And then by the time I was a teenager, all I'd done is seen what I'd seen and perceived what I perceived. And I ingrained that attitude about myself. It's like, hmm, actually, hang on a minute. That's not actually who I am. It's just who I thought I was. And it's just the impression that I've got of myself. But actually, it's, that's not me. And it's not my fault. So then when I released that shame, I could sit in front of you and say, I, I, you know, I struggle with low self-esteem. This is how I behave because I don't blame myself. There's no shame around it. It's just, hey, yeah, that's, what I, that's how I live. 
that was my story kind of thing. So it's now that you kind of see these vulnerabilities as just a byproduct of the environment that you were in. Totally. Yeah. I, I, you know, in, in our first six years, we're incredibly, um, well, our, our mind is being shaped incredibly. So we're just looking around, seeing what we're seeing, hearing what we're hearing, and then taking on board this information and, 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 um, and creating an identity around it. Yeah. And for me, you know, that was what I remember what my experience was. And yeah, it's just, I, I, do I hold any blame for myself on that? No, I think there's plenty of other youngest children, youngest who, who experienced a similar thing. So when you've like, admitted to having like relatively low self-esteem and then you you tell people about that and it it's something that you have that you don't feel shame for, is it something that you work to improve on or is it something you just accept and keep as? Yeah, so for sure. I mean, another really good question. So the, all the time that you deny it and I, and I sort of repress it and pretend that I didn't, I never gave myself a chance to moving on from it. So it's only at the point where I go, oh, okay, actually I did have that and accept it, acknowledge it and understand it, that I, then you give yourself the opportunity to, to then move on from it. So a big part of my acceptance of standing here and say, oh, this is how I felt was because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it doesn't limit me anymore. It doesn't define me and I'm okay with it. And that allows me to move on. So yeah, we can be, I really do believe that we can be whatever we want to be. I mean, obviously, we can't turn ourselves into a frog or something, but within the human capacity, we can change who we want to be. And um, uh, neuroscience is proving that more and more. It's coming alive now. You know, neuroplasticity, our brain can shape and that can decide who we are. So, yeah, in accepting who I was, I was able to say, right, I got it, understand. Do I want to be more of that? No, but okay, well, how can I change? And change is a really hard process, very hard. And that's the, that's the challenging part. But, with hard work and dedication and, and keeping going and vulnerability, uh, you allow it to happen. And, did, um, did you find that by talking and accepting, you found yourself to be more self-confident because you were aware and you didn't judge yourself? Yeah, totally. And what, one of my favorite quotes is, um, uh, when you show your flaws, no one can hold them against you. Love it's, that. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you say, oh, you know, Ben, you're this and that and that. And I'm like, yeah, I know, totally. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> the, the, the power's taken out of your joke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can't tease me for it. I'm like, yeah, totally. Mate, you know, that like, is, it's it's like the, the eight mile rap battle with Eminem at the end. He tells everyone, he's like, this is me. Like, I am this, I am this, I am this. I don't care what else you got. And it's exactly yeah. like, it, it's the same thing. And, and I have only just realized or maybe just remembered, but it's actually that exact thing, which is the way that I used to deal with bullies and used to deal with getting um, like taunted at school and stuff. Like I would make a joke of myself and then they can't use that thing against me. You know, I would just completely accept whatever the thing was that they were mugging me off for and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's a shit jumper, isn't it? Like if they don't get the reaction, if they don't get you being upset with yourself or down, then it's like it completely loses power. And so like yeah. accepting that, I think like without actually realizing that's not probably what I was doing, like I realize that now that is what I was doing. And it it does make a big difference. Totally. Yeah, it really does. It's it's a great philosophy, but it also requires strength, mm. you know, because usually our, our, our ego's way of operating is if we are sensitive around something, 
it's like avoid you know do not don't touch that button don't scratch that itch just leave it like, i don't want to ever talk about it if someone comes and pokes it you know like if someone's still war about something if you do tease them and they're like and they're like, oh, what yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, that they're not, there's still a bit of shame around it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You can tell um, the difference, can't you? When you're joking with someone about something they don't care about, and then you say one yeah. thing about something else, which you might not even touched on it in a very like offensive way, yeah. and they get super reactive. And you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. we'll leave that there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess like, how how do you feel? What would you say masculinity is to you now? Um, so what I've, what I've come to understand is that, um, I think there, obviously there's masculine energy, which is kind of traditionally, we see things like leadership and bravery and strength and kind of bravado and, um, unemotional tough, you know, that, that kind of, that's what society's led us to to show us to believe believe masculinity is about, I guess. Now from, from so much my, my, my research and understanding and the place that I'm in, I, I, I believe that. In every man, there is feminine energy, and in every woman, there is masculine energy. Not as much, of course, um, but that feminine energy is more about love, empathy, kindness, compassion, nurture, um, all of that kind of soft, softer, more sort of emotional, heartfelt emotions, if you like. And what I think there is that blend between both masculine and feminine. But what I think has happened over the years is that masculinity has just gripped the traditional masculine energy. And it's filtered away, chipped away at the, at the female energy. So we don't want any of that. I'm going all in on masculinity. Uh, one example I use of that is, is um, have you seen the film 300? Yeah. So that's so the lead guy. Um, I've forgotten his name now. Um, but is, is you know, the, do, you know the, do you know the guy I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lead... He's played by... Um... Oh. Scottish guy. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. What is his name? It won't come to me. I'm it's not going to come to me, but yes. It's all on you. Damn it. Um, so him, he's the leader. He'll come to us at some point, or you at some point. But he's the leader, right? And he goes out, and he's very much that masculine energy. He goes out, he leads, he's the brave warrior, the leader, and, you know... All Gerard the Butler! Gerard Butler, yeah. Yes! Well what <laughs> someone commented, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Yes, very good, thank you. And uh, uh, I can see it, thank you. And, um, yeah, and uh, but actually then also, what you've got from him as well is he gets home to his wife and he crumbles. And he succumbs to her and he surrenders to her. And it's this beautiful energy between them. This hero, this leader, this brave man who goes out to war, but but comes and, is, and gives his wife everything and surrenders to her energy. And it's this beautiful relationship. And, what, and the way I see it is that over the years, we've kind of gripped this masculine part, the leader, the bravado, the, the strength, the toughness. And we see that the opposite goes, that, that takes me away from... From, from the man that I'm supposed to be I'm not it's just about that that's the masculine energy I want to be a man and we've just gone all in on that stuff but the truth is as human beings we do have a blend of both so you know women love to lead too women love to lead you know whether it's in the family or in the workplaces we were discovering you know women have that masculine energy as well and I think women have gone all in on the kind of being let's be very pretty and 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 very feminine and loving and nurturing stuff but we're not going to lead anyone or we're not going to embrace that and we're not show our strength in our ways and men have gone all in on the tough strong da, 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 and forgotten the love and the nurture and the kindness because that's not who they're meant to be do you think that it's partly to do with the increase in marketing and globalization that's caused this because they hyper sexualize women often in marketing men are 
it like hyper masculinized is that the word have i just made that word up is it masculinized it works, it works. and yeah. then so we see in pop culture these two extreme versions of what it is and so people think that's what it is and then it perpetuates that cycle is that exactly yeah point? we're not we're not given lessons on masculinity at, at school but we do see what we see and you know for me in the 80s it was very much rambo and terminator and sylvester Stallone and arnold schwarzenegger they were like you know that i always say that men wanted to be them and women wanted to be with them that was kind of their their aura and uh they were strong and tough and da 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 and, and that was just kind of shown they were the heroes right you know, every guy was like, oh, wow, yeah, he's pretty epic. Let's, let's try and be like him. And like you say, the women have sexualized him to be pretty and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so we're not given lessons in it, but we are seeing what we're seeing. And our heroes and idols are often presented in that fashion. And that's sort of society's way of saying, try and be that. Yeah. Go all in, go all in on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely what I've experienced as well. Like, <clears throat> thinking back to when I was a teenager and what I thought it was to be a man, it was definitely like, you don't ask for help. You just keep your shit to yourself. You know, you are like either feared or respected. You know, you're not soft. You're not vulnerable. You're not emotional. None of these things. You're just strong, basically. And that's yeah. what you have to be in order to survive. So like yeah. nowadays, like, what do you feel are the problems that are faced by men today to kind of counter this? So, oh, I mean, this is, uh, um, I don't want to sound sort of controversial, but for me, as human beings, if we lack the ability to connect with our emotions and, and love and kindness and compassion, then we're missing a big part of ourselves. And I think for men, there's a lot of emptiness, if I'm honest. Like the more I sort of learn about this stuff, the more I look around society, and the more I see you know, men just going all in on masculinity, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, by the way. I'm saying embrace our masculinity, retain that. There's nothing wrong with being strong and tough and brave and going in all in on that energy, but just not at the expense. Don't forget that as human beings, emotions are natural and love and kindness. You know, when you if you if you were to help a, a, an elderly person across the street and no one was watching, and there was no Instagram and nothing was going on, but you helped this lady across the road. When you walk away and no one's looking, you're, you feel like it's still a, a sense of like, that was not, I'm quite happy with myself. I did that. It's just our human instinct supports kindness. You know, as children, we're naturally we're getting not, not so much kind because we don't understand that yet, but we're loving. We're, not, we're, we're vulnerable. You know, we're open. We're not afraid to be judged and all this stuff. It's only when our ego kicks in as we grow older that we start to want to protect ourselves and become safe. And then we lose part of who we are uh, by not being emotions. And, and I, I just, we're not ever going to be living to full capacity unless we tap into that, that energy that's inside of us. So, um, yeah, I, I, I see, bit, and, I, and, I, and I experienced this, you know, in my, in my first, let's say, between 20 and 30, I always felt like there was more to life. I always felt like something's missing. There was an itch inside of me. There was a scratch that I needed to, what's going on? What is that? And I often put it down to ambition. And I think a lot of men do, where they think that there is something more because they're actually really ambitious and actually I need a better job or I need a bigger car or a fast car or a bigger house. That, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm ambitious. I know when I get that promotion, I feel like I'm more of a man. I feel good again. You know, so then they're thinking that's what it's all about. I need more, more, more. And that is why I think suicide rates are so high in the forties because I think so many men have achieved so much of what they ever sought, sought after and they're getting there and they found that their connection with their wife or the, the, this dream wife, this woman that they love so much and they're now finding that they're having an affair or, and now they've got all the promotions they can't, and they can't have any more promotions. And they, the house is pretty big. There's not much room for a bigger house. 
well, and then they start to hate themselves because they're like, I've got everything I ever wanted. Why, why do you feel like this? You're ungrateful, whatever. Yeah. Can you and imagine? Just, Can you imagine being in that situation where you've worked from like 18 to 44 or something and, you know, 26 years of grafting and doing the thing that you think you're supposed to do as a man. You've got to climb that career ladder. You've got to be successful. You've got to get the nice car, the nice house. Along the way, you find a, a, a woman, a wife that's going to be a part of that journey with you. And then you realize at that point that actually the connection with your wife isn't there. She might cheat on you or, you know, your relationship with her isn't very strong. So you're out there with uh, another woman and <clears throat> you think I've done everything right. Yet I feel so shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's unsurprising that there is a high suicide rate because then you take that emotion and then have nowhere to put it because you can't talk to people about it or at least that is what the perception is you can't tell people like how what can't can you imagine how difficult it must be for someone in that environment to like go to someone and say hey i feel this way but i feel like i've done everything right i feel like i'm a man and yet i you know it can be so so difficult and i think like <clears throat> now my understanding of masculinity and, and questioning it and, and questioning how I should behave as a human being, um, like I'm starting to open myself up to conversations like this one with you or seeing other people, other guys that we know that are having these conversations. And I'm like, oh, it's so good that you guys are doing this and we're starting to talk and and change the perception. And I think that that's like, it's a nice place. It's good that it's it's starting, but it definitely needs to like, speed up you know yeah it does yeah i i do feel it we're getting there though i do feel you know i i we did an event a couple of weeks i did an event a couple of weeks ago with 100 men and um i felt that energy there i felt men like the, the men, men were opening up at the end they're sort of going i never stand i never feel emotions but i cried during that session and I, i'm not one to share but i'm standing here in front of all you men now sort of sharing my heart and and I was like, this is, it's people, men want the space. I think, I do feel that men want to be able to step into it. They just don't know how and they don't know where. And it's easier just to keep conforming and being who they think they should be. Yeah. But I feel there is an appetite. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. There's for sure an appetite. It's something that hopefully is going to continue to grow. Um, one thing that you've talked about a little bit so far is like wearing a mask. What, what do you mean by wearing a mask? Yeah, it's a good question again, because um, uh, I wore a mask for the first, let's say again, between 20 and 30. So a mask is, is you put on a mask to, to present someone who you think you should be. So you've got perception of, this is who I should be, I should be like this, so I'm going to behave that way. And the reality is inside, you're feeling quite different to that, but you're not sure how that thing inside of you will be accepted by the people around you. Are they going to laugh? Are they going to tease you? Are they going to take the piss out of you? So you put on the mask and pretend you're the lad, you're the man, you're this or you're that. What and, mask um, did you wear? Uh, I, I mean, like, I tried to just be the, tried to be the man. You know, I tried to tick all the boxes. I tried to get validation. So my, my mask was one where I, I didn't have any validation inside of me without self love. I didn't, I didn't think I was, uh, you know, of any value. I didn't feel value, valuable on the inside. So I was like, right, I need to, I need to impress people because if people are impressed by me, then at least I start to feel better about myself i'm getting some kind of validation so i i was like hitting the, the, the society's boxes so women parties 
you know, good job, money, uh, look good, you know, get some muscles, try and, you know, all those things that kind of traditionally sort of say society says, yeah, well done, that's good. And I was doing it. I remember, you know, people saying, Ben, you're living the dream, mid-twenties, you know, trips to America with girls and all this stuff. Like, what more do you want? And I was just thinking, well, like, if this is living the dream, like, God, I hope to not, I hate to not live the dream. You know, what would that feel like? Because yeah. this sort of feels all right, but it doesn't feel like I'm like, I'm really alive. And I always had that feeling there's something more here, there's something missing. What's going on? I've found that, mate. I've, I've honestly found that, like, sometimes you do stuff and people will say things and then you're almost too afraid not to confirm it. So, like, you might go on, a, like you just said, you went on a trip with some girls to America and it's like, people are like, oh my God, you're living the dream. You must be having such a great time. And even if you're not, you're like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm having an amazing time. You don't want to yeah. tell them, like, actually, no, I kind of feel a bit dead inside. Yeah, yeah, totally. Society doesn't want to hear that, do they? No. They just tell us you're having a great time. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, can you just confirm it again and again? It's like when someone gets a new car and they want the validation of getting a new car. And so people, like, they show their mates and you can't be like, cool, man. Um, like, but how do you actually feel? You've got to be like, oh, yeah, well done. Congratulations. You must have worked so hard for it. It's such a great car. It's beautiful. It must be really fast. Can we go for a drive? Like, you know, it's almost like a game. We're all playing with each other, yet we don't agree with the rules. Yeah, totally. And that, and so then this all comes back for me. It's, it's all down to the relationship you have with yourself. And that was my changing point, really. Is I, I Fundamentally, I stopped trying to impress other people and started trying to impress myself. Who did I want to be on the inside? And when I started doing that, then I started to feel a bit more alive because I was like, oh, even though my friends are taking the piss out of me for doing this or sharing that or saying this or whatever, I'm starting to feel proud of myself. I remember always having this thing of, um, you know, when I meet a girlfriend, of meeting the father-in-law and just him like putting me on the spot and going, go on, Ben, tell me what you're proud about. And I'd be like, you know, in my, in my 20s, I'd be like, I haven't done anything that I'm proud of really, ever. And I've slept with a lot of women. That's not something to tell your father-in-law. Do you know what no. I mean? That was, that, that was my validation that. though. That doesn't help. Yeah. No, but that was my validation, you know. That was what it was for me in my 20s. People go, oh, Ben, you know, top lad, whatever. <laughs> and um, uh, so I didn't have anything that I was proud of. So then I started in my 30s, it's been about doing things that make me proud, not society ticking my boxes or society saying, amazing, well done, Ben. But me going, oh, looking at myself in the mirror and feeling like I'm happy with how I showed up today. I'm happy with what I'm doing. It comes from sharing from my heart, I think, you know, having conversations like this, you know. You feel like you're showing up, and whilst there might be a few lads going, mm, chill out, boys, like, do you have to have yeah. this conversation? For yeah. me, it matters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I obviously there's, there's going to be a bunch of guys which are pushing back against this movement. Like, it's, gonna, it's pretty common, I think, that the, there's going to be some resistance. There'll be some people which openly invite it, and there'll be some people who are like, oh, check out these two nonces or look at these girls talking about their emotions what a bunch of losers common lads like there will be some of that so like how how do you think that we can break that down and and get past it i think a big part of my message and a big a big part of this conversation is we're not saying like guys you need to stop being lads you need to stop all this nonsense and start being more feminine and being more loving and telling everyone you care and how lovely they are and sharing your vulnerabilities it's like, hey, guys, you know, I still retain a lot of my masculine energy and I still, you know, my morals are different and my values are different now. So things have changed in that respect. But I fundamentally still embrace a lot of that masculine energy. 
what I am saying, don't think that emotions are wrong. Don't think talking was wrong. Don't think going beneath the surface of, of people and actually caring about how they feel and listening to them and actually sort of seeing them for a bit more than how they look and what they're doing and what job they've got, actually trying to work at who they are. That's not unmasculine. You know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And we don't have to go all in on just that, on the lad points. Like, there is a balance to be had. And, and actually, you can feel a lot better and more happier and more fulfilled in your life if you're willing to go there. Yeah. And um, But not preaching it. I never want to preach on you can't change anyone if they're not ready, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just inviting and opening the doors to the conversation. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Like, it, it, you kind of said a bit about, like, balance and stuff. And, like, for me, that's that's very much important because... <clears throat> Unfortunately, there is de- there is a uh, culture on social media of people forcing their opinion down your throat, and you have to be binary. You have to be one or the other. And if you're not in camp one, then you're never going to be in camp two. Whereas what we're saying, what I firmly believe, and I believe you think the same, is that you can still be a lad you can still go out and have fun and go drinking and have a nice car and like want to have a great house and like have a beautiful wife like you can still do all that kind of stuff but like on top of that you can also want to know the the true person that you are and who your friends are and get to know your wife not just on a superficial level but actually like who she really truly is and then from not just a surface level connection, but like these deeper level connections. And I've definitely noticed through having awkward conversations and uncomfortable conversations that it is those conversations which cause you to go onto a deeper level and then your bond with that person is stronger. You know, like I, I definitely find that even, you, you, you know, like I've known some people for much longer than others, yet I feel much closer and much more deeply connected with people I've known for a short amount of time because we've been able to, peel back the vulnerability and show each other our our truth and then as a result of that you become bonded more so with that person completely agree that's exactly it and, and connection is a beautiful thing mm, yeah definitely. it's love actually something it's really like, lovely to have a conversation it's my and, and a, a, a truthful conversation and honestly no masks you know like this with no masks whereas a conversation where you've got to whack the mask on and get validation and prove yourself and yeah i do this and i'm not really listening to you check me out it doesn't it doesn't fill you up on the inside it doesn't it just it's um it just ticks boxes it makes it feeds your ego which, yeah um it's not going to make you fulfilled on the inside may i just read a book um called ego is the enemy and yeah, yeah. it's a good book guys if you're, yeah. if you're listening to this and if you feel like even if you don't think the enemy the ego is a part of you you're not egotistic if you're not an egotistical person get your words out Dave um even if you don't think you are then this book it it did definitely make me think that there is times when in the past I've been too proud and I've let my ego get in the way too much that actually I've suffered as a direct result of that because I've been too concerned with maintaining my image or my ego and my pride to let the what I know should happen happen you know, and yeah. therefore I've actually suffered as a yeah. result. Um, so yeah, totally. I definitely recommend going to see that. And it's all uh, sorry, recommend reading it. 
Ryan Holiday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I listen to loads of books now, like um, non-fiction books, because I find it's easier for me to ingest the information. But that one really, really helped. It also made me think of like, you know when um, people get toppled from the top, right? When someone gets to the top, they usually don't stay there because, you know, you say you're at the bottom and you're climbing up. You're grafting. You don't think you're the best person in the world. You are just kind of clawing your way up to wherever it is you get to. Then when you get to the top, you've got all these people being like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're this, you're that, you're this, da, da, da. And then you start to believe it and then you stop the hustle, you stop the grind, you stop putting the work in, you stop being humble, you start believing these like big egotistical statements. And then as a result, you get slack. So if you want to get to the top, you've got to work. If you if you want to stay at the top, then effectively you've got to still do the same thing. It's like, it ties in like with, with, with training and with getting in great shape. If people want to get in great shape, it's not just like you, you do the thing and get in great shape and then you are there in great shape. You have to do the thing, get in great shape and then continue to do the thing afterwards. Nice. And like ego is, is something which can definitely get in the way of maintaining that success which you've found. Um, totally. Dude, what kind of man do you think is going to succeed the most in this modern society? Well, look, I think, uh, unfortunately, I still think we're in a society where the ego is rewarded primarily. You know, success is measured on what you can see on visible stature and possessions and, you know, all the rest of it. But, I, I, you know, it's become a cliche for me now, but you sit, you sit everywhere. It says, uh, inner peace is the new success. And, you know, for me, I'm the one who lives with how I, how I feel. So I want to feel the best through my life. And I, I have to, to do that. I have to do things that don't serve my ego necessarily. I, I still need to satisfy my ego in some capacity, but not entirely. But I need to do things that fill me up on the inside, things that make my heart warm, kindness, you know, helping that old lady across the road makes me feel good. But making an impact, having purpose, being creative, like expressing myself, all those things for me are what are part of my a part of my success model, if you like. I still think in the business world, you know, it's results driven and it's it's all all that kind of stuff, and a lot of that does reward the, the ego's energy. Um, so it really depends how you want to be measured, and, and people do have different values and stuff. And I'm not going to be the same as someone else, but really for me, success comes when you work out what you're about, what your deepest values are about, and then you live in line with them. Yeah. If you can do that, then you're going to feel proud of yourself. Yeah, so you can you can still have material success. You can still have financial success, um, and that can still be something you're you are proud of. You know, like getting to a certain level in a job, earning a certain amount of money, buying a very expensive car. Like they are achievements in a, in that you've worked to get them. You know, um, and effectively, like I kind of see it, success is like anything that you have put time and effort into anything you've had to sacrifice for and then you have got something in reward effectively and like that's like cool well i put in the effort i put in the time i learned a skill or i helped do this thing and then i'm getting this in 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 kind of remuneration for that and so i don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting that but at the same time like we talked about with balance it is a case of be like yeah i can have that but i can also want to be like not not feel self-conscious all the time and not feel anxious about if I'm saying the right thing and if I have to impress people and that kind of thing. So success, I think now, hopefully we're gonna be driving this change in society where you can have both 
because like it's it's really only been um <clears throat> my experience in the past year year and a half max two years where i've seen what i would call real men and that's unfortunately a stereotype which i've brought forward in my life when i was younger like it's only been in that period of time when i've seen real men expressing their emotions and talking about this kind of stuff and there as a result i've been like oh it is okay to it's okay to do that we can so we, i can talk about my emotions now is that all right it's what we're doing these days okay sweet so totally. because like in the past and i don't want to hate on on anyone like in the past i had a different opinion of a lot of people and i would see like yogis and people wearing massive trousers and flip-flops and they're talking about all this stuff and i'm like dude get out of here like get out <laughs> you know i'm like totally. you're, you're not a man in my idea of what is a man and you're talking about something like oh you're a girl you know you're like you're this or whatever but like now because of people like you that are, are having this conversation it's definitely like opened my eyes up and hopefully like we can continue to do that because i definitely want to help spread this word um oh. Awesome. So, right. it's, it's it's men like you that I think it's great if if I don't want to say jump on board because it's it's you know it's not moving. It's just returning. What it is for me is just returning back to your natural energy and getting out of who you, you were told you should be. So it's just returning to yourself. But um, uh, yeah, it's I, I, I love having conversations like this and with men like you. So it's it's beautiful. More conversations we can have like this, and more men are doing it. I think the world will be a better yeah. place. Yeah, definitely, dude. Definitely, because like I know that. We talked about uh, like suicide rates earlier, and it is a it's it's a horrendous statistic that set that men are seven times more likely to commit suicide than women because of issues with mental health. We also now at the moment it's ninety four men per week commit suicide, and that's like an alarming statistic. Which hopefully through having conversations like this, we can start to break down the reasons why that is. But also like divorce rates are up and that's growing. And I don't, I kind of worry sometimes that the relationships that we're forming with um, partners are perhaps less deep, more shallow than they, they used to be. And on a much bigger scale, this is happening as well. Like I've, in our dating lives in the past 10, 15 years, the world has changed so much and like the arrival of dating apps and internet dating, it, it kind of seems like the environment that we are now in is that everyone is playing the game of who cares less. And like that game, no one wins at. Nah, it's a terrible game. It's a shit game. It, honestly, <laughs> I really think it's stupid because everyone's like, yeah, no. Nah, I don't mind. Like, this is cool. We'll just do this or that. And at the same time, they're like, but I really want to see you. But I can't tell you that I really want to see you, even though I really want to see you. But I'm not going to let you know because you didn't say it to me and I don't want to be the one that puts myself on the line. Like, how nice would it be if we could, like, go back where, where there wasn't the fear of judgment of putting yourself out there and, like, a guy like winning over the girl in legitimate like signs of romanticism and and just over the top displays of affection like i feel like that would be 
such a nice thing to do. But I personally feel like if I ever did that for a girl, she'd just be like, oh my God, this guy's so keen. What a loser. In fact, I was at, uh, I was out the other day with my friend and her girlfriends and one of them was dating this guy and they were like, yeah, oh yeah, he, he was such a nice guy. Like he was just so friendly. He cooked me dinner. Like he was so funny. And then I was like, oh, so what happened? She's like, yeah, I just don't know. I'm like, well, he sounds like a great bloke. She's like, yeah, but he was just a bit keen. I'm like, yeah. What? Yeah. what do you want? What do you want? She was like, I just wish he didn't act so keen. I'm like, you can't win. You can't win. You can't win. Oh, you can't win. <laughs> it's I, I, I experienced it now. I've had, a, I've had a, a few people this year where, not a few, that's not true, but there have been some this year for sure, uh, girls, where, you know, I've showed up and, 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 and said like, wow, like I want to get to know you more. Like there's a beautiful heart under there and I'm excited to, to, to learn more about you and kind of laid it out there, no games. And, and I can tell it's freaked one or two out, you know? And uh, they stepped away, and it's like, well, I think you know, women have a role to play in this as well. Um, you, you've got to, you've got to open your heart to if you want men to step into the space. You've got to, you've got to accept men that that want to do this, and yeah. it's unusual for them. And society, I don't think society points women to celebrate men like that. And um, no, I think they, uh, they, women have been hurt by so many guys that have messed them around and have played the game and. <clears throat> And like the way that I see it with women being too scared to open up now is a direct result of the effect that men have had on them. So it's like, you know, now if you are going to open yourself up as a guy, you almost have to, you know, you, have, you kind of have to play the game a little bit, but like kind of teased it out of them. Like, I am a nice guy. Come and hang out with me. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But I don't, I, I hope that the dating game isn't lost forever you know i hope that the, the the relationships can still be like formed on pure bond and chemistry and interaction i've no doubt and, and my philosophy is very much like that show up be authentic be you don't don't change yourself the slightest and if that freaks them out or they're not ready for that then that's totally cool like it's better to find out and understand that it's not right for them than it is to, to go, oh, well, I'll put on the mask and I'll impress her and I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. And then I'll end up in a relationship where I have to be something that I'm not because that's what she's attracted to. And then I end up without a deep connection and I end up cheating on her. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's not a win. I'd rather, I would rather I'm authentic, they get freaked out and, 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 and go. That's cool. And then the right one, will, I'll show up and they'll go, wow, that's pretty unique. Like, I'm surprised that you're doing that. Like, I like it. It's cool. No one's been like that with me before. And I'm like, cool, because I really want to get to know you as well. And this is really nice. And actually then, that's the groundings of a good relationship, you know. And yeah. Along, if you're going to do that way, be that way, I think you are going to get rejection. It's going to yeah, happen. you are. Because you're not for everyone. Yeah. It's, so this is the thing that I, I, <clears throat> I think that there's a lot of people out there that are um, starting on the dating life and they're trying to project an image, like you said, wearing a mask. And it's guys and girls that are doing this. They're trying to pro project an image of who they are and they're, they're trying to play a game. But what I've realized from um, like my experience is that if you project an image of who you are not, then when you finally reveal who you are and it's not the person that the other person thought that was, then they're going to be like, oh, well, I thought you were like this and you're actually like that. And 
that's not the kind of person that I'm attracted to. So this is going to break down anyway. So like effectively, you kind of just have to be you from the start because then this is so this is what I think about, right? So if, if you're if you're you from the start and someone that's not the kind of person that someone you're interested in is interested in, then you're like, okay, cool. Well, then it's not like I'm a bad person as a result of us not wanting to be together. It's just that your person isn't like me and that's cool. You know, that's fine. we're just not, we're just not compatible. Um, and right. so like now I don't see it as a rejection. If a girl's like, Oh, actually I don't want to kind of date you. I'm like, all right, cool. Well then that's fine. Cause I don't want to win over a girl that is, that, that doesn't think that I'm the right girl for her. Guy for totally. totally. Uh, exactly where I'm at. And it's not rejection. It's just the energies didn't match. And that's cool. You found out by being authentic rather than trying to blag it with a mask. Yeah. Getting kind of, you know, a quick bit of fun, but not ultimately getting decent connection. Nah, and the only way I think that a, a relationship is going to last in this modern society is really with that deeper connection. Um, it's because, the only way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the thing is, like, when we look back at relationships if, in the past, like, if you didn't have, like, a brilliant relationship with someone you're more unlikely going to stay with them because there was A, a lack of options, B, it was a less connected society, C, you want to look after the family unit and be part of, of the culture and the community that you're living in. Whereas now, if the person that you've decided to like be with isn't like the right person for you, you have so many options. The world is literally one plane ride away and you can find somebody else and so really it's like there's no excuse now for not being your authentic self because there's so many people out there if you are the the way that you are there's going to be a person that it likes you for who you are yeah and that's my worry for like the teenagers growing up is all those options and never you know the, the new energy fresh energy is always exciting and just it's readily available at the end of every app they've got and yeah you know um but like, that's but, the difference it, isn't it between like what was it? Pleasure and happiness. They like get confused, but they're completely yeah. different. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I say happiness and fulfillment. So I say happiness is like pleasure. It's it's an emotion. It comes and goes. I can be happy now, but get a phone call in 10 minutes. That means I'm not happy. You know, like if I'm constantly chasing happiness, then good luck because the world doesn't operate like that. Whereas fulfillment for me or, or happiness, as you're talking about it, is it a deeper, deeper rooted sense and kind of perspective you have that your life is just on track and you're happy with who you are and how you're showing up and what you're giving to this world and the impact you're having. And just, it's a pride in yourself for me. And that's not temporary. You know, a phone call won't knock that out of the way. It's pretty well lodged deeply because it's, it's a continuation of a lot of behaviors through a long time. So, and that's deep. And, and when you think when you get that space and you become, for me, fulfilled in who you are, then you're happy for no reason. You know, you don't, you don't need the, the things to, to make you happy. You've already got that deep content, that deep rooted contentment within you. Yeah. And uh, that's what we should be chasing. Society teaches us, especially in the capitalist world, to buy, 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 consume, consume. And that's that will bring you, make you happy. But are you happy when they, those things run out? So um, we had a little comment come in from Red Angel 77 underscore asking for an example of fulfillment. So if we've got happy and pleasure being used interchangeably, and that is effectively buying something or having sex or like getting a new car and like get a rush and like an endorphin power da 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 like if that is that what do you feel is fulfillment fulfillment is sitting on the sofa 
with nothing going on, no experiences around you, no one around you, not TV or anything, just sitting in your still space, you never feel the sofa anywhere, and just a sense within you of feeling content and proud of who you are and how you're showing up in life and feeling kind of alive, you know? So you don't, it's nothing's filling you up externally. It's not an object or a possession or money or an event or a car or a house or your job. But nothing's been defined how you actually feel about yourself on the inside. And that for me is a, is a, is a, is a, is a deeper, it's a deeper thing. It's a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Um, it's not temporary. You know, happy, as I say, I can laugh one minute and, and cry the next if something happens. Yeah, true. But that won't change. Yeah. And um, um, Neil commented as well saying that's your version of fulfillment. Or no, we yeah. like you can't pigeonhole it. Like it's true. Like what your example is of fulfillment is going to be different, and we all have to kind of spend the time to work to understand what makes us individually feel that way. So for me, like I, when I when I feel like that is I, it doesn't matter the environment that I'm in. I'm able to go in and and bear the same attitude and the same person to every single person that I meet and my interactions with that person no matter where I am is going to be the same so that's kind of what I feel is it from that um, it's what, whatever makes you proud I think it's an internal feeling of, of what, what makes you feel alive what makes you feel good and everyone's different we've all got different values yeah. we're all different energies and, and different interests but we all got to get to know ourselves for sure 100% Ben I'm going to have to wrap things up there because unfortunately Instagram has a one hour time cap and it's not going to give me a countdown it will just cut you off so oh, yeah. I think that it's um, it, this has been honestly a fantastic conversation. I think that we've cro- covered so many topics and people are going to get so much value out of this. So Ben, I just want to thank you, mate. Thanks for bearing your bearing your truth and and putting it out there for the world to hear. Thank you, thank you for having me, and I loved it as well. Thank you, everyone. For, for sorry, I didn't get to answer all questions. Thank you. <laughs> awesome, and team, uh, everyone listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. Thank you so much for putting your time in listening to what we have to say because really this conversation is good for us to share between us, but it's also good for you guys to listen. Um, next week, I'm going to be on here with Lawrence Price, aka For Fit's Sake. He is, uh, that's going to be an excellent one. So you guys can have a little listening on that. If you have any questions uh, for either Lawrence or myself, please fire them in over the next week on Instagram into the DMs. Just slide hard into the DMs. No dick pics, though. Um, All right, team. We're going to wrap things up there. Ben, once again, thanks, mate. I'll see you soon. You legend. Great to see you. Cheers, guys. Take care, guys. Have a lovely evening. My name's David Fettersall. I'll see you on the next episode.